Welcome to Honey on the Sword, Season 3, Episode 14, Sirens, Part 33 through 34. And I just wanted to say thank you guys for journeying with me through this series. It's all over the place. There's so many things going on, but it's a great adventure. And I hope that you are able to resolve things in your own life and find hope in your own life as you listen through each episode, seeing what other people are experiencing and having that empathy, but then also being able to see where justice can come in to situations that seem impossible and areas that still need that justice, that need hope and, and light in life. So this is meant to encourage all of you and just know that I'm rooting for you and what you're hoping for. And I hope that these little episodes really impact your life. The wind wildly whirls through the garden. Streams that cleanse the soul and conscience of people leave all speechless, in awe of its intoxicating peace. Fruit that restores youth astounds the masses. Trees with leaves that heal bear a new fruit each month. Their roots deeply connect to every intricacy of the labyrinth. The path in this garden leads men into all truth. Things that normally wouldn't speak, speak in this garden. When words are spoken, they take form and become a seed. Then a tree appears right before everyone's eyes. This is why Luca and his grandfather marveled. Many have wished this kingdom would come to earth because it makes all things new. Isabella desperately yearned for this. The labyrinth has a radiantly shining light at its center and its brilliance can be seen throughout the entire garden. But anyone who has scaled the highest mountains cannot fathom this wonder. Tyne saw all of these mysteries simultaneously when he was running towards the labyrinth. That is why he felt insane. But the rushing, powerful wind calmed and guided him. When the maze appeared to shake in the distance, it was actually a voice pounding, resounding from within the heart of the labyrinth. The memories and images that flashed before Tyne's soul were coming from the illuminated clouds of smoke at the peak of the labyrinth. It vaguely reminded him of his dream with Rebecca and the ambiguous cloud that relentlessly pulled him towards his de destination. Luca told his grandfather about the day he looked at his reflection in the stream. His grandfather explained to him that everything about this place is different than what they once knew. Everything about this land liberates and restores. So whatever it showed you is significant. Just as the outside of the labyrinth is guarded by an engraved gate with a sacred enigma, so the center of this maze is protected by creatures never seen, horrifyingly beautiful. A cloud of smoke encompasses the center of the garden and banishes anything, anyone who steps into it unprepared and uninvited, because it knows the motives of all. This glory, this cloud, causes the sun, the very sun we once knew, to be like soot, and the very moon as blood, and stars of heaven fall like a fig tree shaken by the mighty wind releasing its figs before its time. The heavens depart as a scroll when it is rolled together, 
every mountain and island are moved out of its place and the kings and queens of the earth and the great men and women and the rich men and women and the chief captains and every mighty person bound or free hide and they hide themselves in the dens and the rocks of the mountains saying to the mountains and the rocks fall on us and hide our face from this glory The creatures and wonders are set outside the center of the labyrinth to seal off the sacred place, warding off intruders. Wings cover their faces and feet with two wings, and with two wings they fly all day and all night. They surround this hidden glory, which has eyes like flames of fire, brighter than the noonday sun. And that sound that you heard, Tyne, when you were running, was a voice like raging waters, thunderous and powerful. One thing is certain, everyone who hears about this kingdom that has no end unravels at the very seams like a tapestry. Gretchen had given Antonio a sedative because Pierre told her to. And Wilton realized Antonio began to fall asleep on the drive home, which made him feel relieved that Ramal was exhausted because he wasn't ready to delve into the inexplicable with his brother, who would end up doing what he always does, take over and save the day. This is the first time Isabella and Antonio have ever needed help, let alone asked for it. Wilton feels like the hero for a change, but he is clueless where to begin and what he is actually dealing with. The only idea he can possibly think of may ruin everything, but he's willing to do anything and fast. Hey, this is Sean. Please leave a message and I will return your call as soon as possible. Beep. Hey, uh, Sean, this is Wilton. Uh, it's strange and that I'm calling you and I know everything Isabella did was messed up, but please, please give me a call as soon as you get this. I really need your help, man. Stephen sits under Gloria's tree, upset about not being able to do something that she loved, photograph patients. He decided to head inside and look at a few albums she made. He plopped a box full of negatives and albums on the bed. Stephen looked through the pictures and sighed because it brings back so many memories. He stops and quickly flips back to another page. There's a strange pattern going on with the photographs Gloria took. Every third picture has an extra photo behind it. But Stephen knows that Gloria has a reason for everything she did, and his curiosity makes his heart pound. He quickly turns back to the beginning of the album and pulls out every original that has a double and stacks them in order. Stephen scoots the box over and vertically places each photograph in two piles, one row for originals and the other row for doubles. Stephen's hands begin to shake and he turns pale. He wildly scrambles the photos in shock and hides his face in his quivering hands as his body trembles in horror. Sean listens to his voicemail and is frustrated at first, but it makes him inquisitive, so he calls Wilton right away. Sean, thanks for calling me back. Look, there's a lot of strange, creepy stuff going on, and you were like the only person I could could even possibly think about trusting right now. Is Rebecca doing all right? 
yeah, yeah, she's fine. Just a bit upset with me, but she's working through some deep, intense personal things. She's been through a lot, a lot. What's going on, Wilton? I know this is going to sound crazy, but could you and Rebecca pack some clothes and hop in your catering van right away? I need to talk to you in person. Our address is 2519 Lexington Lane. Please, dude, please. It really is an emergency. Wilton begins to spout out some outlandish things. Isabella told him about Sean, and Sean is amazed. Dude, are you are you psychic or a prophet? Man, that's crazy. No one knows those things about me, Wilton, and I, I've dreamt of what you're telling me. Whew, this is freaky. Yeah, man, why not? Stranger things have happened to Beck and I. She will be surprised that she gets to see Mercy again and that I'm even going to be okay with it. We'll head over there in the next, like, 30 minutes. Oh, thanks, man. It means a lot. And Sean, hey, uh, thanks for not thinking I'm crazy. What you talking about, Wilton? I never said all that. <laughs> Sean and Wilton laugh as they hang up the phone. Neither of them have laughed in a while, and they both endured similar situations. Sean runs upstairs to tell Rebecca the news and finds her sitting on the edge of the bed holding the crumpled paper. Honey, hey, look, look at me. Look at me. He holds her face. I'm sorry for being an idiot and for trying to control everything. After your sisters passed away, I, I felt horrible and guilty because I wasn't there to stop it from happening to you. And I know I couldn't have controlled it from happening, but that just eats me up inside. I never want anything or anyone to hurt you, but I know being like this is hurting you. I want to listen to you more and, and just burn your face into my memory. I just want to protect you and believe it or not, I, I get scared and I worry. We have so many memories together, good, bad, and ugly, but that is the beauty of it. Rebecca smiles even though her face is red and covered in tears and fears. See what I mean? When you smile, joke, laugh, and cry, it makes me want to be what you've always wanted. Sean never thought this would be how he proposed because he always waited for an opportune time, but those chances never seemed to come. Everything has been like the twilight zone in their lives, so he decides to jump into the madness Rebecca, will you marry me? To be continued.